Good day, fellas. Welcome back to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. You could head on over to uncensoredadviceformen.com. And at the top, there's a button that says contact us, right? So if you need advice on something, sex, relationships, uh, things that are going on in your head, things that you're afraid of, and you want to get advice on it, right? That's a good way to go. Uh, we take that advice and then I go out and I talk to coaches and authors and consultants and other men and, and women. And I ask the questions that you guys are asking. So on today's show, we're going to have a conversation with Roland. Roland is an interesting guy. Uh, listen to a little bit of his background. He's a founder and chairman of God and Work and Christian Business Angels Ministries. He formed that to help people live their faith at work and start new companies to help lift the needy out of poverty. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Roland to the show. Roland, welcome. Hey, good morning. Hi there. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we first started talking, you know, I, I reached out to you and I think I found you uh, one of one of your books or one of uh, the publications that you wrote. But why don't you tell us what you would like to share with the guys today? Like what, what's your message that you'd like to talk with us about? OK, first of all, I want to say I'm just a regular guy. I'm an engineer by training and uh, worked in Canada, U.S., Germany, Holland and had a bunch of different jobs. Ended up getting promoted for whatever reason. I guess people like what I did. Maybe it's because I'm tall, but or I did a good job. And uh, at the end of the day, I got an early retirement package and I uh, was able to find myself and uh, kind of wandered around trying to figure out what to do. I, I, I'm an entrepreneur by nature. I like starting things. That's why I started this Christian Business Angels to start companies to help people get out of poverty. And I work with a bunch of guys on that. But the main thing I've been working on has been this God and work ministry. Now, I'm not uh, a minister. I didn't go to seminary or anything like this. I'm just a regular dude. And what I found was that in my working life and in working with men, uh, people have this idea of what it means to be a Christian, which is a little bit off the mark. And so I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to try and work on, on, on training some people up on what the Bible really says. And uh, people have said, I've got a gift for looking at the Bible and putting it to the daily application of what life should really be like. And I think that's what I've done with, uh, with the latest book, Two Words from God for Men, for the Legacy-Minded Men. Uh, you can find that on Amazon along with my other books. And um, it's a good book. So those two words are what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. All right. So uh, let's dive into the meat of the subject. You know, you've got a message for men out there, uh, especially men who, um, you know, profess to be a religious belief of, of Christian, right? But this could apply... Um, you know, this could apply to guys who are even considering this or maybe even uh, other belief system. But, you know, why don't you why don't you share that and then we could we'll, we'll dive into the meat. So uh, what are the two words that you wish to share with us? Yeah, right. OK, so the, uh, what I did is I did a little survey. And I, you know, what do you think it is? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian man? What does it mean to be a Christian at your work? And uh, the answers I got back were all over the map. And in fact, a lot of people can't maybe you can, but a lot of people could not really answer it. They would come back with answers like, well, I go to church, okay? Or, uh, yeah, I give my money, I put 10% or 5% or whatever into the offering basket, or I support a missionary, okay? Um, I'm faithful to my wife. I'm a good father. I try to hold a steady job. Right. Uh, I'd say, but, you know, what's it mean to be a Christian? How, how do you be a Christian? How do you be a Christian guy? How do you be a Christian at your work? How do you be a Christian husband? How do you be a Christian father? What does that really mean? All those things that the guys told me about going to church, put money, I played, being a good man, good husband to the wife and all that. It's all like, 
not really related to the to the real topic. So the I, I dug in and I thought, you know what, people are missing the point. Christianity is about a relationship between uh, a man in our in our case, men, and the creator of the universe, God. And we're missing out if we think it's just going to church or I'm going to read my Bible on Mondays and pray on Saturdays and go to life group or small group during the week or hang out with other Christian men. That's missing the point. So I came up with these two words. First word is about the character of a man. What should the character of a Christian man be? And which really applies to all men. The second one is about, well, how should a Christian man live and act in the world today? And so the first word is be nicer. The word is just nicer. And some people are like, what? You're telling me I need to just be nicer and that makes me a Christian? Well, if I give you the whole scoop on what the word nicer stands for, you'll see what it means and then you'll know that, that yeah, that's what the Bible says. And you know what? I'm missing out on this letter or that letter. So the first thing is be nicer. That's how we should be. And I'll explain that in just a second. The second word is bless others. If we're going to be a Christian, it's not about just us being going up the mountain and praying and hanging out with God. It's about changing the world making an impact. And we're going to do that by blessing others. And so bless others is five more letters. And I'm going to walk you through each of the letters to show you how you can be nicer and how you bless others and what that means in today's world. Super easy and a super great reminder of what it means to really live out your faith day by day. Awesome. Awesome. So for, for the guys listening in, right, we're going we're gonna to dissect, you know, nicer today, right? Be nicer, you know, the, the character of a man, what it means to, uh, from your perspective, to be a Christian man. So uh, let's dive in. Okay, so let's just start with a letter by letter. We'll just spend a few minutes on each letter. And uh, then if you want to learn more about uh, the acting out and, and reaching others, blessing others, uh, you can pick up the book. It's either one of three books you can look at, uh, How to Be a Christian at Work, which is on Amazon, or Two Words from God, for you at your work or two words from God for the legacy minded man, all of them on Amazon. So the first, uh, the first letter is N, N like no compromise. And uh, all these letters that I look at for each of these two words and everything that we should do as Christians is based on the Bible. That's, what we, that's our foundation. And so for the letter N, we look at Daniel, Daniel in the Old Testament. And what I do is I put on a set of business glasses or, or real life glasses, I call it, when I read the Bible. And you've all heard the story about Daniel and, you know, he got into this thing and he wasn't eating, the, he couldn't eat the pork chops and drink the wine. And so he said to the boss man running the program, hey, man, can we eat just vegetables and water? Check your servants out for 10 days and see what happens. And uh, that's a nice story. But if you put it in today's context, Daniel was a, the, the employee. He was a guy in a Jewish nation, it, uh, part of a hostile takeover by the Babylonians. And so he's brought over into the Babylonian empire and put in their management training program. You go to work, you're put in a management training program. Company says, do this, do this, do that. In Daniel's case, he said, eat the pork chops, drink the wine. And that was, uh, yeah, he said, I got a line in the sand. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to compromise my beliefs. And today, the, the easiest thing for us to do is just to compromise what we believe. We'll go to the ball game and somebody says, just, uh, just one more beer. Or, you know, let's just do this. Oh, look at that chick over there. Or, let's go out to the club uh, and these kinds of things. And it's really easy to compromise. And you know what? It's really easy to be afraid as well. Uh, you know, if you're a Bible guy and you know the story about King Saul, he was supposed to go destroy the Amalekite nation. Samuel told him, go destroy. He destroyed him. He brought back the best of the sheep and this and that. And Samuel's like, what is going on over here? And he's sacrificing away, right? And he basically got fired from his king job at that point. First Samuel, 
uh, chapter 15. And the reason he did that, he was afraid of what the men might think. King of Israel, afraid of what the men might think. Go check it out, 1 Samuel 15. But uh, so being nicer starts with no compromise. It is so easy to compromise. And, you know, uh, from a personal example, as a young engineer, I got four kids at home. I'm working a traveling job. I'm sent to South America, to Venezuela, to go work on this project. And guess who's supposed to go with me on the trip? Right. A young, single girl, long hair, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, a hot this blonde, is, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm thinking, what the heck? How is this going to go over at home? My wife is going to have a, a shift and she's going to have a bird, you know, even though nothing will happen. But, and we're supposed to go for two weeks, right? Spend the weekend together in the tropics down in Venezuela. Babe, it's for work, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, I went to my boss and I did like Daniel. I negotiated. I'm like, dude, this is not going to go over well. I got a line. I don't want to compromise. I don't even want a risk of compromise. And so we made, a, we made a deal where some other engineers went. We changed the project schedule, et cetera. But no compromise is where it starts. We don't want to give up our beliefs. That's a letter N. Yeah. From there... Go ahead. Yeah. Could I ask you a question about sure. that? So I was, I was having a conversation with one of my uh, coaching clients just yesterday, and we were talking about like showing up authentically, right? Showing up based on our belief system, showing up fully us, not afraid of how others will respond or react to who we are, right? I've got it tattooed on my arm. Who am I? Right. So the, the, the conversation I was having is, you know, when you compromise right now, I, sometimes I compromise for my wife and such like that, but I'm not compromising on my belief system. Right. Sometimes if she's like, you get the baby, I'm like, okay, I'll get the baby this time if you get it right. But when we're talking about our, our belief systems, right. What happens in a man when he compromises based on his belief system, what happens at his core? You're giving yourself up, you're selling out. You're like afraid, like King Saul, right? Like King Saul was afraid of what the men might think. You're giving yourself up. You're saying, I'm not strong enough. I'm not confident enough in myself. I have to give up to please someone else. That's why you're doing it. To please your boss, to please your buddies. You just want to protect your ego. Maybe you're so fragile, you just can't take it. You know, then you're maybe hanging out with the wrong guys. Yeah. You need to know who you are, right? That's what this Bible is telling us. You know, we're special, creating God's image, and Jesus loves us the way we are. We all have a special gift. Shit, when I was a young guy, I want to be a rock star, right? Play for 100,000 people. I really want to be in the Pontiac Stadium there and just like, but you know what? I got A plus in every single class I took in school, except one class I failed, music. <laughs> I'm never going to be a rock star. I have to know that I'm not going to be. I just need to be happy with what I am. I'm a numbers guy. I don't have a big personality. I'm not going to be in sales. I'm going to do analysis and strategy and stuff like that. That's what I did my whole life. I ended up being president of a software company. I didn't try to get promoted. I just tried to do my best. And I'm going to talk to you about that. That's the third letter. I'm jumping ahead. The second letter, which goes right along with the first, is integrity. Dude, wait, no compromise is important. Don't give anything up. But integrity, uh, we think it's about doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And everybody thinks, oh, from the Bible, it's got to be Joseph and the Potiphar's wife who's going to ask him to come to bed with them. Or the guy's on a trip somewhere. You know, it's a sexual thing. It's not a sexual thing. Integrity is more about just doing the right things, the little things, each and every step of the way. And again, I, so I look at Daniel. You remember the story of Daniel? He's in this management training program where they're looking for a new chief operating officer. The CEO of the Babylonian Empire wants to promote Daniel all the locals don't want this outsider Jewish guy to be the boss over all the vice presidents. 
is how the story goes if you put on your glasses, your business glasses. And so they try to find dirt on him and they can't find any fake news. They can't find any dirt because he does everything right. He doesn't fudge your numbers on his tax return. He doesn't lie in his reports. He doesn't steal pencils from the storage room. I mean, he's just doing things the way they should be done. And uh, so, uh, like I say in a book, you know, it's all, it all starts with, like when you're a kid, just in Proverbs 22, verse six, you know, just know what the right way and follow it and don't go off the path. Don't be afraid of uh, what other people think. Just hold your, do all the little things you can as right as you can. Now that doesn't mean you can't have any fun. I'm gonna go to the ball game, I'm gonna have a beer or two, but I'm not gonna drink too many beers. I'm not gonna go to a strip club afterward. I'm gonna draw a line and I'm gonna set an example that other people can look to me and still respect me. And if they wanna criticize me, you know, bad luck for them. Bad luck mm. for them. So that's a no, no, no compassion, I mean, no compromise and integrity. The third letter, C, which is the hardest one for me, I mean, okay, I can draw a line in a sand. I can do little things right. I can, you know, that's really not too difficult. The third one is about being compassionate in my relationships. So nicer, no compromise, integrity, and compassionate in relationships. And for this one, for the first two, we looked at Daniel in the Bible. And this one, we look at Jesus. You know, here's the story of Jesus. If you've not heard this one before, I'm going to tell it to you in a different way. Put on your business glasses. I read the Bible. This is what happens. Jesus gets sent from headquarters home heaven. He comes to earth. He's put on earth. He said he's given an assignment by his boss, God. God says, you got three years. You need to build together a whole new world religion. It's got to last for thousands of years. Uh, by the way, I'm not going to give you any resources. You can't use any of the existing staff, the, the priests, the prophets, the, the Levites. You can't use the synagogues. You're on your own. You got to find your own crew, your own team. You got no budget. You have only three years. And by the way, at the end, they're going to kill you. Go do that. <laughs> that sounds like the startup life right there. Yeah, that's right. He was the ultimate startup CEO, right? Three years yeah. of a nonstop business trip. That's Jesus. We don't even think of it that way. I, I mean, I go to church. I never hear the pastor talk about it like that. But that's what it was. Here's Jesus trekking around the countryside, telling people about the kingdom of God and what's going to happen and how life really should be. And he's on a nonstop business trip with his group of disciples. And, you know, along the way, he meets people, some lady who's crying because her son died, somebody else who lost her husband, and his heart goes out to him. He stops. He finds a prostitute who's destitute, the tax, pay, tax collector who's uh, out of sorts. With, he's a social outcast because he's collecting taxes from his fellow citizens for the Romans. He has dinner with that guy. He takes time to have dinner. He shows compassion for everybody. Now, we're, I've done a startup company. You probably have done some startups as well. If you, even if you haven't done a startup, you know, we get our job assignments. We're busy with this and busy with that, fixing our house, running around here and there. We got no time for anything. And there's a person on the street corner or the piece of person we meet in a grocery store who's broken down. And we don't even take a moment to think about what's up with that person. Can I help them? We're just so busy and focused on ourselves. And so this is the hard one, really hard, compassionate in relationships. I had an example of a guy, a friend of mine who, well, it wasn't a friend, he is now, but a guy in our church, we were living in Europe in Amsterdam at the time, and this guy's son uh, committed suicide. He was in college. The guy's son was like 21 years old in college back in the U.S. And uh, so the guy's son committed suicide, bang, at grandma's house. And uh, so the guy's wife and other kids were shattered. They went back to the U.S. This guy's in Holland by himself. I said to my wife, you know, I'm going to call this guy up and take him for coffee. 
my wife, who's my personal rain cloud, you know, sometimes she's encouraging, but not always, right? If you're married, you know, they're not always encouraging. <laughs> so she says, what do you know? You're, why are you, you are like Mr. Antisocial Butterfly. You're an engineer numbers, man. What are you going to do talking to this guy about whose son committed suicide? What can you offer him? I'm like, shit, I don't know. But, you know, I've been praying and trying to think and live, trying to live the second word, bless others, which you can read about in the book, how to live out my life as a Christian. And I feel like I should follow this prompting to call him. So I called him. I said, uh, you want me for a coffee? We met for a coffee. We didn't talk about anything because, you know, I don't know what to say. But he did tell me a few things. He told me, well, yeah, he was getting some support from his small group, his men's group from church. But you know what? That men's group was say, just basically saying, you know, you got to hang in there. Maybe God's got a message for you. Maybe you did something wrong. Somebody probably sinned. All this kind of rubbish, bullshit Christian stuff, which they were layered on this guy and didn't help him. I didn't offer any advice. You know what Jesus would have done? He wouldn't offer any advice. He would just have dinner, maybe a glass of wine. So I just had a coffee. At the end, though, I felt like, shit, I need to do something more. So I said to the guy, I said, dude, why don't you come over for dinner tomorrow? Now, I don't know about your house, but at my house, I never invite anybody off the street for dinner without giving my wife notice and getting her <laughs> approval. Yeah, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> That's right. I'll be sleeping in a doghouse for a week, right? So I got home and my wife said, how'd it go? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. We got coffee. I invited him for dinner. Oh, you did? Yeah, he's coming tomorrow. He is? Yeah. So she was okay with it. He came. And in fact, he came six weeks in a row because he's living by himself in Holland, right? And over time, we just developed a relationship. We just let him talk. And he was so thankful. That's how I blessed this guy. And that's what compassionate means. But you know, the easiest letter for him is his next one, which is excellent. Just be excellent in all you do. I told you already, I got A plus at school because my father kept hammering into me. You know, school's important, school's important, school's important. And so I was like, I grew up thinking, well, school must be important. So I just tried to do my best. And I was, I was gifted with some ability to learn something. So, so I did, I learned some stuff. And you know, the Bible, when you talk about how to live your life at work at a Christian, you look at the Bible, Colossians 3.23, work as if for the Lord, right? Mm. That's the simplest verse really right there. So, but you know what? We work at a company, but we should pretend like we're working for God. And so that really means doing our best. And so actually we have a slogan in our family, do your best and let Jesus do the rest. And when I started up my first startup, we added a, a one line to it said, and don't be stressed. So we're like working and we should just do our best. And uh, yeah, that's for me, that's pretty simple. It just means uh, not, not being lazy. You know, you go to the gym and you work out, if you had a personal trainer, that personal trainer is going to tell you, come on, five more push-ups, three more pull-ups. And you're like, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Get over there and do it. And uh, it's the same way when we do anything at work or with our buddies. We just should do our best. Oh, this integrity thing, the little thing, I need to be paying attention, little thing. Yeah, I can do it. I don't want to do it. I'm lazy. No, I should do it. Now, are we perfect? Nah. So people say, well, I can't do your best all day long. Well, of course not. But yeah. try it. And, and with that, you know, um, if, if we're looking through this lens, this formula that you helped create, and, and we do have one more letter, but, you know, something that popped to mind is if we're doing something with excellence and with integrity in mind without compromising, right? If we're, if we're taking those things into focus, right, guys, we know when we take on too much, we tend to not do things well. So looking through this lens, for me, it means if I can't do this project. I, I love deals, man. Roland, I love deal making. I love putting together businesses. I love it. But to me, what I, when I hear this, if I can't do it excellent, 
with excellence and without compromise, then I should probably say no to it or farm it out or bring on another team member or something, right? Um, right on. It's like me wanting to be a rock star at Pontiac Stadium. You know, I, yeah, I want to do it, but that was a selfish reason. But, you know, we should, we should know what we're good at, what we're made for, and just forget the rest. Don't do it. Don't try to do things that other people think you want to do, what your, what your mother, your father, your grandfather, your grandmother, your wife, uh, your boss. You know, a lot of people, I've been, in my, I've been promoted all the way up through vice president at a big Fortune 50 company in the U.S. and had my own startup. And then later I was a president in a smaller software company. And now I'm an entrepreneur on my own and founder of different things. But, you know, um, we should be doing the things uh, that we're good at and not, not anything else. We shouldn't, shouldn't try to do those other things. And I've seen a lot of people through my career, they all think the American formula to success is get promoted, make a lot of money, get the bigger house. That's just rubbish. It's not the true thing, right? And you get a lot of people, I think they want to be a manager or a supervisor. They get into that job and then they realize they have to be responsible not only for their own actions, but for somebody else's actions and for schedule and for cost. And they have to make decisions like now, not like wait till someone else decides for them. They can't handle it. And so they get all stressed and they wonder why they're not happy. Well, because they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Not everybody's created for that. If you can make decisions on the fly and you can manage stuff and make stuff up, great. But if you can't, don't do it. You not need to know who you are and just do the things that you're created for. Now, Roland, I was I, I was raised by you know ex-military guy who uh, is excellent at what he does. My, I grew up on the construction site, swinging hammers. Right, my dad is meticulous. Right, he he does. You know, we've we've done things from remodel bathrooms to you know build multifamily units, and we've done a, a lot. But my dad is meticulous. Right, he paints you know steady hand, straight line. And everything is perfect and level. Me, like he, you know, like I was raised where Josh, you need to paint with a straight line. And I'm not that guy. I'm not a detail oriented person when it comes mm. to those kind of things. But I was raised, and and we had to, my dad and I had to work through a lot. I was raised where it was just like you will become this, and yeah. the, the the hard hand of of uh, of dad would sometimes you know like direct me to that. Like you will stay in that room until it is finished. And man, that was so painful. How, if, if there's other guys out there who were raised, you know, maybe similar to me, where trying to be forced into something, you said, be yourself and be excellent at it. First of all, how do we break out of, if we become something that we're not, how do we break out of that? And then how do we know what we're made to do? Yeah, so I'm not a, a psychologist or anything like that. But my advantage was in my life, I moved around a lot. So basically, uh, 12 times, 12 moves, 12 cities, two countries as a kid, 12 moves, uh, four countries with my four kids. Uh, so we moved around a lot. And each time you move, you get a chance to clean the slate and start over. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had a lot of start over time. And uh, so uh, I can't really say, hey, if you grew up in one small town, Podunksville, USA, and you're still living there, you got all the baggage from when you were a kid. And so you can't, it's hard to change yourself or remake yourself. When I took my first job, I moved away. I was in Canada. I graduated from school in Canada. I took a job in Phoenix, Arizona. Why? The reason for taking that job was to get away from my family, get away from my friends so that I could start over. I thought, you know what? I've been drinking and doing these other things and being away from God and church. And when I'm graduating and take my first job, I want to make a good start. And I know if I go here with my old buddies, it's not going to work. So I'm going to go to a new place. 
and I've got to join church and get involved and do stuff the right way. And so sometimes you just have to make a conscious choice. I'm going to start new. And that could be hard. And you have to like, uh, you know, the biggest fear we have is, well, what are other people going to think? But, you know, at the end of the day, who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty tough language, but it doesn't matter. What really matters, you stand before God, they're going to play your YouTube movies. Uh, you're going to say, well, I did that because I thought, I thought these guys might think it would be better. Well, you know, that didn't really matter, did it? No. So you have to be, get free yourself from, don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what the society says. One of my, my, my absolute favorite Bible verses, Romans 12, verse two, you maybe know it, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be like everybody else. When our kids were 10 years old, we decided we're throwing out the TV. It broke and we didn't have much money. And so we just threw the television out. And since then, that was 30 years ago, we haven't had a television in our house. And I think, oh. yeah, I'm okay. You can watch television, but you know, it's like conforming to everybody else. Somebody telling you who you are. You watch too many advertisements. You get too much message in your brain. that says, you know, you're not good until you're slim. You're not good until you're fit. You're not good until you have this shirt or these jeans or this car. That's what defines us. We let the world define us. And uh, so we got to define ourselves. That's a, that's a key start. Let me close up with the last letter, right? So the last letter, be nicer. So it sounds really simple. How to be a Christian? Be nice. But actually, I'd say be nicer. So the last letters are be responsible to others. So you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, right? So he stopped along to help somebody. He helped the enemy. And Jesus calls us to do the same. So we just need to, when we see someone that can be helped, that's when we're really like blessing other people. That's when we like live out our faith. So this is a, uh, a really important thing to do. So it's just like, don't, um, don't live life just for yourself. Well, you got to first organize yourself so you're not living life according to your buddies or to your mother or father's thinking. But once you get past that, you need to be on the lookout like Jesus did to exercise that compassion. Call that guy like I did whose son committed suicide. What are you going to say to him, says my wife? I don't know. Shit, I don't know. I'm just going to go. I feel like I should do it just to hang with them. That's all people want, right? And so a lot of times we talk about the Good Samaritan. We don't have to go give people money. We don't have to give them a job. We just have to listen to them. We have to be like Jesus, just spend a little time with them. And that's where we get in from there. We go into the second word, which is how to bless, how to live out your faith, how to really make a difference in the world, and that is to bless others. And I'll just run through what each word stands for, each letter stands for. You can pick up the book, uh, Two Words from God, for the legacy-minded man to read more, but B, begin with prayer. Uh, you know, this is a really cool one. You know, you think we don't need to pray. You know, I, I come home from work and my wife says, did you pray about that? Cause I like, I solved the problem, right? I got to figure it figured out. Did you, how'd you do that? Did you pray about it? Are you sure it's the right decision? Um, well, yeah, sort of, but you know what? Jesus spent all night in prayer before he even chose his disciples. And he was the son of God. So it's like, okay, I guess I should pray too. So start with prayer, put on your glasses and look for opportunities. Listen to a small voice. When you hear this, see the opportunity. When you think, you know, I ought to call that guy up whose son committed suicide. E, exercise obedience. Just do it. Just do it. And then S, see everyone in God's image. So there's no uh, pecking order in the Christian world. The CEO, the cleaning person, they're all the same. In fact, the CEO is probably more hard-skinned and not wanting to listen to your message, but the cleaning person or the person on the, that you meet on the street is delighted to, to hear from you. And S, serve others. Help them. Help somebody at your work. Help somebody in your circle of friends. So bless. Begin the prayer. Look for opportunities. Exercise obedience. See everyone in God's image and serve others. But start off by being nicer. No compromise. Integrity. 
compassionate, my tough one, excellence, and be responsible to other people. Those are the two words, real simple. It's not about being a Christian. It's not about going to church and putting money in the pot. It's not about staying married. It's not about supporting a missionary. It's not about being a good husband, a good father. Those are all things that come naturally. But the main thing is for your character to be nicer, to express what God really wants you to be. Be who you're created to be. Awesome. Roland, thanks for, um, thanks for sharing your, your message, your story with us. Uh, for guys in the audience who uh, resonate with what you, know, what you said, where can a guy you know, connect with you and learn more about what you're working on? Best thing to do is to go to the website godandwork.org. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you put an email through that contact form on that website, it comes right to me. That's the best way to do it. Uh, it's got a list of the books. It's got videos. I just did a whole series of videos on uh, how to find the right job. What is the right job for you? Uh, in fact, I think we've got four of them out. The next two are coming up in the next two weeks. So it's about all that stuff is out there. I've got a bunch of uh, studies in the Version Bible app as well. You can just search for my name or you search for God and Work. You'll find a bunch of stuff there. So, um yeah, I think the Gun and Work website's the best place to start. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Roland, thanks for coming on the show. Fellas, head on over to uh, the, the links that you'll find in the show notes, you know, God and Work, and, um, you know, reach out to our guests. Reach out to Roland. Say, hey, thanks for, you know, thanks for sharing your, you know, information and your advice with us. And, you know, find out, um, you know, find out more about what he's got going on. And, um you know, if you have any other questions, guys, you could head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men, hit the contact button, and you can reach out to me, ask advice. Not that I have the answers, but I will help find the answers and some advice for you guys. Hope you guys have an awesome day. Talk to you all on the next episode. See you, fellas.